The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, except life is very responsive to different sounds. And if you hear a sound and it makes you smile, well then, it does matter, doesn't it? Yes. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. How soon? Not soon enough. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't, but we could if we decide to be doers and not just hearers sitting on our blessed assurance. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? I don't know. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. And we don't know what we're doing. Plus, we have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes... I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. That thingy. Like when you wake up in the morning and you go to print something on your printer after you've done a firmware update and it won't let you print because now it won't let you use cheaper ink. You have to use more expensive ink. How do you respond? Let's just say I know something about the host. Perhaps not all that well would be the response is uh, just being honest about it. So if you too have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question... If you have a praise report or a prayer request, we don't want it to die of loneliness. Just give us a call, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you will end up talking to Captain Chris, and then you will be... Now, between you and I, Captain Chris, it's one button, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's one yeah, button. Yeah, but I was somewhere else and I had to scramble. Sorry. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> you can also text. I've never. This is so funny. Uh, uh, you can also text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Standard rate supply. We don't even know what that means. But you can still text us, 214-210-8483. You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at he must increase.org. Not King David, just David. Not a king, just a David. David at he must increase.org. Also, 
That leads us to encourage you to check out the website, which we have been doing a little more faithfully when talking about this. You can, on the website, have a prayer request or a praise report that you can fill out a form for. You can keep it confidential or you can make it public. It's up to you. In fact, we're going to be sharing something that somebody wrote to us email-wise in the second segment. Also, in on that same website, there's video and audio to encourage you, but also there is a place to invest in us, in the kingdom of God, through us. We are 100% tax-deductible, recognized, non-profit corporation, and all we know is if you give to us, we'll appreciate it. We'll send you a receipt. You're not getting anything special. You're not going to, I promise you, you're going to get a Big Mac. No, no. I might get a Big Mac, but you're not getting one. The point is you invest to invest in trusting it, entrusting it to the Lord. Just like when my wife and I give, we entrust it unto the Lord to believe that he knows why we're doing it and we're doing it with the right heart and the right spirit. You do the same thing. All you got to do is go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> I got to get you like a parachute. That's what I got to do. There's got to be a parachute noise there. I love it. Like like, trampoline to land yeah. on. Yeah, it's like da doing. He must increase.org. Da doing. Da doing. Okay. Uh, let's see. We do want to open up with a word of prayer. We're going to be praying for Kirk's great-grandson. His name is Anthony. So I do need you to take your faith. I know you have faith, okay? I know you have strength. I know you have commitment. And when you and I pray, isn't it amazing that we have a little more faith when we're praying for other people? You think that's by accident? No. It is intentional. So let's combine our faith and believe for grace. I'll tell you that Anthony, he is an autistic child. He's having some problems yesterday. Great grandson of Kirk, one of our faithful listeners. So let's just pray for him real quickly. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up Anthony. We lift up the parents with Anthony. We know that they're probably going through a greater level of stress than anybody else. And so we're asking you to bring peace and patience and a calm into their minds and hearts. But we also pray that for Kirk and for all the rest of the family, that there would be great faith and great confidence in your mercy and in your grace. And we ask you to bring your healing power so that whatever is going on with Anthony will be minuscule, nothing of importance, and that you would, by your grace, strengthen his frame mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and all the different elements. We lift him up before you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so keep him in prayer. Keep Anthony in prayer. Keep Kirk in prayer. That would be a good thing to do. Uh, let's see. So um, I don't want to do that. I got so much to cover. How much do you have to cover, Dave? A lot. Uh, we ready? This is a read and ramble, isn't it? It's a read and ramble. Here we go. We're getting ready for read and ramble. Here we go. Read and ramble. Well, I'm ramming, 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 All righty. First Thessalonians chapter five. We're going to be picking up at verse fifteen. One of the great, 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 great verses. Especially when we get to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, which I don't think I'm going to get through today, but I'll try. Verse 15, see to it, this is at the end of Thessalonians chapter 5, see to it that no one repays 
evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Now, there's a really interesting element here. First, it says, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone. So let me just say in the nicest way that when my printer wouldn't work, there was this part of me that really wanted to repay evil for evil. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Just and by evil, it was anybody involved in them changing the firmware so I can't buy the cheap ink. Okay? I'm just telling you. But repaying people for evil is not the system that God has set up for you and I to walk in. Because if God retaliated towards you and me, we would be vaporized. Okay? You would be the smoke that just left the chimney. <laughs> Gone. Right? So he says to us, don't do that. And when we want to do it, and we do, I mean, I'm just saying, we've got to go, okay, I can't have that spirit. I can't have that attitude. A little too much of the old man going back there. We don't repay evil for evil, even when somebody does evil or bad to us. You're not allowed to do that. And in fact, it tells you to go the other direction. It says, pursue what is good for one another and for all. Remember, for one another is brothers and sisters, and for all is your neighbor. Remember the two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, strength and mind. Love your neighbors, love yourself. Then Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, love one another. So there's really three commandments that the New Testament offers, even though everybody just teaches two, they're wrong. And so the bottom line in that is he says, do pursue what's good for one another and for everybody. Okay, you're not going to pursue good for God. Okay, I mean, that's silly. But the idea is to pursue things that are good for one another. What can you do? What can you say? What can you function in that will be good for somebody else? You're not going to get saved by this. It's not going to make you more righteous than your neighbor. Okay, I, I, I hearken back to my devotions today where Job was really mad at the guys who were talking to him. And it's like, you're no better than I am. That's one of the lines that he used. It's like, yeah, you, we need to recognize it. That's actually a right line. He's not wrong about that. But the idea behind this is that the Lord wants us to reflect Jesus more and more. And so he, in the last time we reviewed this, he gave us things that are, you know, anointed to the Holy Spirit for us to follow. And now he's saying, look, you get into the core things here. You can't retaliate. You can't be a retaliator. And in fact, you have to pursue what's good for somebody. And, and, and if you're looking for a definition of what's good, then you would you typically review that through the lens of how would God do it? You know, you know, the what would Jesus do kind of thing. Okay, that's good, except you don't need a wristband to do it. You can just obey. That would be fine. And so the idea behind this is he's saying, look, you gotta you gotta get away from the I wanna pay them back bad things, and you gotta get into the I wanna do good things. Not that that will save you, but that's a reflection of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus Jesus Christ went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed. It's like, okay. So he went around doing good. That means we should do good. We should pursue what's good for one another and consider one another. And we talk about that, that when we do our DNA and being a vessel of a blessing. It's important for you and I to grasp that, to understand, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be retaliatory. That's not the Spirit of God. If God wanted to be retaliatory to anybody anywhere on the planet, he would have every right to do so. But he chooses to be merciful, not retaliatory. 
and he and what he does is he pursues people to put them in a place of good and not bad. And that's called love. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, (laughs) I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And, and nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip. And, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone, the question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, Will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here is your first 
Bible trivia question. Who lived the longest according to the Bible? Old Testament. See, because some people would go, well, Jesus, because he never died. No, no, no. Okay. Who lived the longest according to the Bible? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We are going to do our DNA because it's hugely important. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Every day that ends with Y, draw closer to the Lord. Okay? Got somebody coming in. We'll have them take the call in a split second. Uh, N stands for never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. The reason that I bring this up is because one of the tactics I believe Satan will use as the time is getting worse and worse I certainly believe that Satan is going to have the world challenge everything Jesus said and try and dilute it. And you should never be ashamed of what Jesus said. A, always be ready. To serve. To serve. So that means that your attitude, your spirit, just like we talked about in the last segment, your mindset is towards the Lord first, which it should be on a regular basis, and also aware of other people. And that puts you in a position to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. All right, somebody is ready to answer the big-time trivia question. If we could give them a million dollars, we would, but we don't, so we can't. Okay, here we go. Ready? This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. All right, now this is a great, great, great question, and I'll give you a follow-up if you're feeling pretty strong. Who lived for the longest amount of time, according to the Bible? I think it was Methuselah. That is correct, Amundu! All right, double bonus time. How long did he live? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. (laughs) That's okay. All right, all right. If you take a six and you flip it upside down, what is it? What is a six flipped Uh upside down? What number is it? It's a nine. I don't know. It's a, it's, he lived 969 years. That's what I was trying to get you to. So just oh, so I see. Okay. <laughs> but great job. Excellent, excellent work. I love it. I love it. You nailed it down. The secondary question was just for the fun of it. So good job. And oh, okay. <laughs> well, I will remember that from now on. That's right. 960. <laughs> Methuselah. 969, baby. I'll bet on it. 969. I promise you. Yep. Okay. There you go. Good job. <laughs> Okay, thanks. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to read something from somebody who sent an email yesterday and yesterday's. Now, I don't often tell people to go back and listen to the podcast. I mean, I hope you listen to them if you like the show. If you don't like the show, why are you listening? Anyway, that's not the the point. The point is uh, this person had sent an email, and I in my, in my Chromebook, you know, it's a $1.19 Chromebook. This is one of the problems that I have. And uh, it... it was above the line of the of the um, surface of the uh, Chromebook, and I couldn't see their email, so I couldn't respond during the show. You know how frustrating that is? So you go and then you you flip it down like there was an email. Okay, so I'm just gonna say this and let you guys work out. And I would encourage you to check out yesterday's uh, podcast. You can do that through the website. Uh, let's just say this person's name is Messenger. Okay, Messenger, like that messenger see because messenger 
Hey, David, great topics. You can read this on the air. Please be sure to use one of your funny animated joke-telling voices. Okay, then. I think I'll have to do that. <laughs> Which one should I use? Should I use my English one? Oh, uh, please, uh, please leave my name out of it. I'll use that one because uh, everything else is uh, to blame. Okay, anyway, sometimes I, I when I blatantly sin... And let's say I really, I'm really mean to somebody, and I feel it's justified. I go to God and I say, I'm sorry, God, please forgive me. And, oh, by the way, I don't even really feel sorry, so please forgive me for that, too. That is so honest, right? Sometimes, messenger right? sometimes when I blatantly sin and I'm mean to somebody, it's like, I don't mean it, but I'm supposed to say it, so I know I'm supposed to do it. And it's like, that's exactly correct. And exactly how that's approached, how messenger right is, is right on. You tell the Lord, okay. Oops, and okay, because my oops is only half-hearted. <laughs> just, just be honest. It's not as though God is up there going, I didn't know. Well, I just didn't realize that that's how you really felt. If I would have known that that's how you felt, I might have responded differently. Okay, don't, don't do it. Okay. Excellent email, by the way. Hats off and props to Messenger. We'll just leave it there. And the idea is that sometimes you, you do things that you don't want to do, and then you know you're not doing it. And it's like you, everything Paul said in, in, in Romans 7, which is why I think it's ridiculous to think that it's in some kind of uh, position. It, it, it's not position. He's not talking about personal. Of course he's talking personal. It's like, well, the thing that I don't want to do, that's the thing I'm doing. The thing that I want to do, I'm never doing that, and I'm going nuts. <laughs> the only answer? Jesus. I mean, that's what he tells you. It's like, that's who doesn't understand that fully by connecting to that? I do. I mean, it's got to be kidding. And then, of course, Paul and Timothy said, uh, of whom I, uh, I am a chief sinner, not I was a chief sinner. So that might help some people there. All right, let's get back to the text. Yeah, we'll never get to the rest of this, but we'll get to some of it. We'll try our best. We'll at least do verse 16. This is 1 Thessalonians. Did I cover everything? Where did that, that, that? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Two words. You would think when people uh, were asked to remember scripture references, they would use some of these. Like, can you quote any scriptures? You know, first of all, I can't believe people forget Jesus wept. (laughs) Here's another one. Rejoice always. Really long, right? And so here's the problem that comes with rejoice always. And let's be honest about this. Uh, Our attitude for many Christians is rejoice every so often. Or it's rejoice when things are going great. Or it's rejoice when you want to. Okay? But all of those are wrong. It's rejoice always. Now, again, and this ties into the rest of the text, which is important to understand this connection, does that mean that while you're going through the process, in the actual midst of the process, that you're you're just thinking, I have to smile and be happy and dance like I'm a I'm a cricket on a piano with a little outfit and a cane going da 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 No. But you as a believer, as a Bible believing born again Christian who understands that God created the universe and that the dude can write a book, you should be aware that while it might take time for Israel, it took 400 years, and while it might take time, the Lord will take whatever is there and change it into something else. And that is part of the rejoicing. And let me give you the real big 
uh, kick that, from a theological point of view, you should be aware of. Job did not have the advantage of having the book of Job. Right? He didn't have that advantage. And in the book of Job, in chapter uh, 13 and 14, he says, if I thought that this was going to turn out to something good, then I would have hope. But here's the key that Job missed. We already know he didn't justify God. That was his named sin in the scripture in Job 32, uh, verse 1, 2, and 3. But Job didn't see things eternally. He saw things in the moment only. And that's why he was mad. Because it's like, I haven't done anything. And the irony that you could say to that is God was like, going, well, I didn't say you did anything. <laughs> See, that that would be the argument. But I, I've been good. I know you've been good. That's why I was bragging about you. And so from Job's perspective, he wasn't seeing this with eternity. Well, let me explain something about rejoice always. Is God going to take whatever it is, however harsh it is and however difficult it is, and make it right between now and eternity? It's like, of course. That's why we trust in the Lord. And so when you're going through it, does, is it easy to do that? No. But do you understand what the premise is that Paul is trying to communicate? Rejoice always. And then I'll just throw in the next one, which you know I could spend days on, but I'm not going to do it. But then the next verse he says in verse 17 is pray constantly. And why do you pray constantly? Because you, if you pray constantly, you stay in contact with God while you're going through which you have to learn to rejoice in. If you stay in contact with God, you are reminded. You are, what's the word I'm looking for? You are encouraged to be highly aware that he is highly active in your life. And so think about how God is communicating this to us. Okay, I want you to rejoice always. That's verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians. And pray constantly. Because the way that you can rejoice always is to pray constantly. Because if you pray constantly, you're connected to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it reminds you he loves you. And he doesn't allow anything into your life to create disaster for nothing but but for he's bored. And I want to see how they dance on a hot pan. Go, little ants, go. Right? This is not you with a magnifying glass <laughs> on an anthill. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. This is not what's going on. God loves you. And he's going to help you. And he's going to make you reflect Jesus Christ. Because you said, yes, Lord, make me like Jesus. And it's like he said, okay. Still going on. So you rejoice always, and the way to do that is to stay in constant contact with the Lord. Pray constantly. Be mindful of God at all times. Yes, you can. All right, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, 
has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. Job, I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody looking. I know that the teachings in the church and being a, 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 a Baptist Somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's, who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just, when you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on, that's because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is. God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers. Good believers. Great believers. Fantastic believers. Lousy believers. Believers. And everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't. First of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, eh, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that. People did that. And so the idea to understand is that sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him, and Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case.